anybody have a birthday this week? Anybody have a birthday this month? You have a birthday recently? Look at these. Happy birthday. Can we just keep waving. Look at these. Look at these old people. Wave your hand. There we go. Back there, over here. You had a birthday? Really? Birthday? What? Jeff, you always raise your hand. Did you really have a birthday? No. Hilda says you didn't. Okay? So, okay. Happy birthday to you, Jeff. All right. Happy birthday. Uh... How about a wedding anniversary? I thought I'd bring that up. All right, anybody have a wedding anniversary? So come on, raise your hand. Where's my wedding? Look, look, Cliff lifts his hand right here. Come on, Sarah. That's right, guys. You and Buck. Oh, what? Yes. Look at you guys. You guys look so great. So uh, Diane and I had a wedding anniversary. Celebrated 38 years on Thursday. No, clap for everybody, not just us. Clap for everybody. All these birthdays. Let's hear it for birthdays. Kind of, kind of sad though, you know. Like Jeff was back there lifting his hand up because he wants it to be his birthday too. So, uh, but I get that. So Jeff, it is your birthday. In fact, it's all of our birthdays because today is Pentecost Sunday. Today is the birthday of the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. Really, I don't know. I mean, we we ought to have this massive crowd on, on Pentecost Sunday. You know, it's like everybody ought to come and we ought to like have birthday cake. Could we fix that for next week? Let's make it next year. Okay, next year. Next year, Pentecost Sunday, let's, let's, let's give me a, let's make it off the chain or something, all right, come on, I mean, let's hook or, somebody help me be cool right now, all right, uh, yeah, that, like some of you were last week, no, anyway, no, how, how many, how many think we ought to make this better, anybody think so, Pentecost Sunday is the birthday of the church, it ought to be a party, all right, it ought to be a massive celebration, so that's what we're going to do. Uh, uh, this is Pentecost Sunday. I uh, I believe it's important for us to uh, just embrace uh, what this season is about. We need the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen from somebody? No, I mean we need Holy Spirit. We need Him here. We need His presence in our life. And uh, you know, some people talk about the Holy Spirit like you know, Holy Spirit was here like when the apostles were here, but then He went away. Where is that? I mean, there is. And, you know, gifts of the Spirit. In fact, uh, we now are so busy invalidating the power of the Holy Spirit. How many know that? It's like, you know, we hear about God doing great things. How many have seen God do some amazing things? Anybody seen him do some amazing things, some miracles? Wave at go Wave your hand. Wave your hand, okay? So we know that, uh, that he is powerful. We know that uh, we need Holy Spirit. Somebody say it again. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Say, welcome, Say it in the mornings. You need to say, welcome, Holy Spirit. Uh, you need to be listening for the Holy Spirit. So we want to, uh, we want to focus on that today. Uh, however, we're going to continue. And we're, going to, we're going to talk about Pentecost. We're going to continue. It's interesting to me that uh, we went into a series uh, the week before the events of our city. Uh, on being strong and courageous, right? Uh, out of this series, uh, we are teaching uh, the, this series called More Than Conquerors, Romans 8, verse 37. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Read it. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So if you, if you know, if you understand uh, the way that scripture really reads, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Uh, so he's looking back at a bunch of bad things that happened, all right? So a lot of difficult things, a lot of attacks, a lot of, uh, a lot of persecution. And, and Paul is saying, and all these things were more than conquerors. What I was sharing with you last week was 
we now have more of an understanding of that after this week uh, because we were, we were impacted so dynamically, I mean, I mean powerfully, and then we come and we're, we're going to worship the Lord. You know, I mean, this, uh, the, the events of this past week were invasive to the entire community. You know what? All of us, how many know everybody's been grieving? Everybody's been grieving over this. Uh, other uh, states are not feeling it like we are. Other parts of the city, state of Virginia, I mean, CNN's not covering it anymore, but, you know, for those days, it was the topic. Uh, we need to know, and that's what the Lord has been drawing us to. We need to know we need to understand, we need to embrace this reality that no matter what's going on, it does not change our position with Christ. It does not change our position. Neither does it change our victory. Listen, uh, if, if you are killed for the, for the gospel of Jesus, it does not change who you are. In fact, all it does is elevate you to uh, living the life of redeemed. Because I am saved I was saved, I'm being saved, and I'm going to be saved. You got that? So, yeah, you want to celebrate that. We're more than conquerors through him that, that loved us. So, what we understand then is it is God's heart that, that, that not only do we get through things, okay? How many know we're going to get through this? I mean, powerful words. Tell somebody, if you're going through a mess right now, you're going to get through this. Right? Anybody remember when you were worried about something and you got through it? And now you look back at it and say, man, I wasted a lot of energy worrying about that. Tell somebody you're going to get through it. Now here's something else. Not only, not only did you get through things, but in the future you're going to get through things. God wants you to anticipate, and that's, that's why the scripture is written. That's, that's the power of the scripture. He wants you to anticipate victory. You are more than conquerors. You don't, you, as a conqueror, you don't just conquer. We're more than conquerors. We just keep conquering. Amen. We manifest conquering. I mean, uh, what's going, what, we, what am I looking, I'm going to get through that. I'm going to be victorious over that. God's going to use this. You know, you say, Pastor, I just lost my job. Don't call me more than conqueror. Well, where do you get that new job? Where do you get a better job than you had before? Anybody ever had that happen? You got laid off and said, what am I going to do? And then God showed up and... Now you're better situation than you were before. Fear you don't own me. So when, when I say that, when I say you're going to get through this also, God is also taking us, and that's what this teaching ha has been, is taking us into new territory. Now this is about possession, possessing things that you've never possessed before. Anybody tired of being possessed? That's right. Some people been possessed. You know what I'm talking about. And what, what I want to do is possess things. Possessing the promises of God. Amen. Listen, when, when Joshua goes into Jericho, he's going to possess the promises that were made generations before him. The promises that were made to his father's 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 father. You understand? All the way back to Abraham. This is what God promised. So I want to access promises that were made to my great, 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 great grandma. Anybody understand the things that God said that he was going to do before? You say, well, they're dead. That's over. No, no. God, God has promises for us that were made before you ever start, started breathing. In fact, that, that's why you need to understand that, that children 
are, are, are precious. How many know children are precious? Anybody know that? That baby inside of you, how many know that baby is precious? Anybody know that? That baby is precious. God has promises for that child. You want to thank God for that? So, so right, some, some of you haven't possessed some of those things. So when I say there are promises for your family, there are promises regarding your marriage, there are promises regarding business, there are promises regarding finance, there's promises regarding where you're going to live, regarding uh, what you're going to do, there's promises regarding ministry. You say, well, what am I going to do for the Lord? There are promises God was anticipating using you. Listen, there are individuals that were descendants of David that when they were born, they didn't know who they were, but one day they walked in. Come on, Josiah, you walk in and you end up being uh, blessed by the promises that God made to somebody else before you were even there. That's why this power, this, this powerful promise of Joshua is, you know, when we're talking about being uh, strong and courageous, what we're saying is, Joshua, this is a promise. This is what God said belonged to you. So go be strong and courageous. Go and access what I promised Abraham. Bring you out of Egypt to leave you in the wilderness. So, so there, there's something great about this. God doesn't God's not wasting even the trial. Anybody gone through a trial and thought, God, this is a waste of my time? God says, no, I ain't wasting this. God will not even waste, right, your battles. All right, anybody heard of Joshua and the Battle of Jericho? Anybody ever heard of that? Really, you heard about that? How many have ever been blessed by that story? Anybody been blessed by Joshua and the Battle of Jericho? Anybody? Anybody been blessed by that sort of thing? Anybody heard of the Red Sea crossing? Anybody been blessed by that? See, God doesn't waste that. You remember on one side, they saw Egypt coming after them. The, the chariots are chasing them down. And they don't for the rest of their life. Remember how afraid we were? Man, I hate that. No, no. All they talk about is how Miriam danced when they got to the other side and Pharaoh and his army were killed in the, in the Red Sea. You understand? Uh, God doesn't waste stuff in our life. God is getting us ready to bring us to new levels of strength and courage. It's God's will to change our hearts, to move us to be more than conquerors no matter what we're going through. The scripture is just adamant about this. In Romans 5, the Bible says, in, in Romans chapter 5, uh, in verse 17, uh, those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through Jesus Christ. I got any kings and queens in the room? Anybody? Got any? Come on. Got any royalty in the house? Look at somebody and say, you're royalty. Go ahead. Tell them, you're royalty. You, you did not know that. You say, you ain't seen my palace. That's right. You come over to my house, you're coming into my palace. All right? You say, well, that's little. Well, you don't know. You don't see everything. All right? You didn't see the, the angels of the Lord that are all camped around that place. You ain't seen that. Come on, 1 John 4 and 4, greater is he who is in you than he that's in the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Or 2 Corinthians 12, my grace, this is what, what, what the Lord spoke to Paul after he prayed about something a few times. How many have prayed about something and haven't seen everything change yet? All right? God says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Amen. What? Anybody ever felt weak before? Anybody ever felt that? God says, that's fine. Now you're learning how to depend upon me. You're learning how to trust me. Some of you have faith right now because you realized you had come to the end of yourself. Jesus. Right? So are you getting this? We are more than what? We are more than conquerors. We're, we're above and beyond. We're not just dependent upon ourselves. We're more than conquerors through Christ. Through Jesus, we're more than conquerors. 
Uh, today we're talking about Pentecost. I love the scripture in Zechariah chapter 4, uh, especially at this time. I mean, everybody's got the Virginia Beach Strong thing going on, and, and I, you know, I celebrate that. Man, somebody say, VB Strong. Shout it, VB Strong. You know, I, I want to put that, I want to hang that up. I, I think we need to realize that. I think what you say really matters. Anybody believe that? I mean, we could say Virginia Beach weak, Virginia Beach tired, you know, Virginia Beach wounded, or we could say, you know, we're going to rise above this. We got a lot of pain. We got tears. We're, we're taking care of a lot of folks. Uh, I mean, we, we've had folks who, uh, who, who we're close to uh, who have passed away, right? Uh, you know, just around the corner there at Red Mill, not far from where I live, you know, one of the dear ladies uh, uh, lived right there, uh, and, and, you know, it broke our heart, you know, somebody just around the corner from my house, somebody down the street, somebody I could walk to their house, or from here, I mean, there's a church just down the road, New Hope Baptist Church, Pastor Cox, it was his son uh, uh, that, that was killed, and uh, it was something I was listening to his, some of his writings about it, because he went in and viewed his son's body uh, before it was, it was changed, before it was washed or anything, before his son's body. And he looked at his son's hands and he saw wounds in his hands and he saw where he had been shot at different places. And this is just what he wrote. Okay, I'm reading. This is not privacy. This is something that he wrote. And he said, when I saw him, I just began to see the body of the Lord Jesus Christ because he had sacrificed himself in order that others would be saved. Anybody hear that? So uh, they had like thousands of people over that little church around the corner there uh, off of Old Great Neck Road. Uh, they had more people than they could possibly hold at that particular church, but people were crowded. And how many know people heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? You know that? Because in everything, uh, God is still working. Do you know that? That God is not somewhere scratching his head saying, what am I going to do now? No, we are still more than conquerors through Jesus. He's not going to waste this Virginia Beach moment. I believe that that cross that was planted back there at Cape Henry, that cross that some guys planted in the ground years ago, I believe the cross still has strength. I believe the cross still has power. And I believe there should be a move from Virginia Beach all the way across the nation of people of God who will rise up and say, no, Jesus is the King of Kings, that the cross does make a difference. We're going to do this through the work of the Holy Spirit. This is Zechariah 4 and 6. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Uh, how many know the scripture? Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And then he goes on, what are you, mighty mountain, before Zerubbabel? You will become level ground. We sing that on occasion. Who are you, great mountain, that you should not bound low? Jesus has broken the curse. He has never lost the battle. Anybody love that? I love that tune. I, and I, I'm thinking, though, for, for, for this guy, Zerubbabel, the reason his name is Zerubbabel is because he was born in Babylon. He was born in Babylon, but he, he was a descendant of King David. All right? And the Lord used him to come back and rebuild the temple that had been destroyed so that the people would have a place where they could meet with God. The temple had been destroyed. So he brings him back, but then he has all kinds of problems. He has political issues. He has people that are against him, enemies that want to destroy them. And they had tried this before. couldn't be accomplished. But Zerubbabel comes back, and, and this, is the, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, but it's also a word of God to you. Come on, say it. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. It's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. 
So, so when you see that scripture, you remember Old Testament stories were given to us for understanding of the way that God moves. They were type and shadow, a shadow of things that are to come, all right? We are the temple of the Lord. We are the church. He is building his temple, and he's not putting his spirit any longer uh, just in, in houses or in a temple made by men. Now, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and so I'm having to fight battles. We as the church, we're fighting battles, and we need the Holy Spirit. So when we read out of, out of Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You understand the battle cry became, be strong and courageous. Somebody shout it, be strong and courageous. Shout it, be strong and courageous. And, and out of that, we come up with the battle cry, the Hebrew battle cry, rock, kazaks, amats, which is be strong and courageous. So, so we run, the, the Israelites, the Hebrews would run into battle and they would shout, be strong and courageous. It is the sound of the strength of the spiritually zealous heart. It is the unwavering and unyielding confidence before the field is ever taken. Now I look at battles. I look at conflict and I say, well, we're going to win this. God, it's going to be interesting to see what you do here because it's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. I don't have all the answers, all, but I do know that God is with me, and I know the enemy is coming against me, so I am victoriously going to run into this battle. I haven't, even, I haven't even scoped out the field yet. All I know is that I am not alone. Come on. Strength and courage. Shout it. Strength and Oh, you're not shouting. I don't know what's up with y'all. Come on. Shout it. Strength and courage. Because this is a powerful statement when you see this. Because strength and courage perpetuates a sound. If, come on. Okay, that lion, when it's roaring, you know that strength and courage is behind it. When, when you hear an eagle, when you hear an eagle scream, you know that it's the sound of... Strength and courage. It's not afraid. And when you, uh, uh, when you hear a mighty waterfall, when you're nearby, I've walked close by them before. You don't want to put your foot in it. You want to try to cross there. Or when you hear the thunder uh, uh, clap, when you hear that, you say, I'm going to have to take cover because it is the sound of strength and courage. I think the church of the Lord Jesus ought to have a sound. Anybody else believe that? I don't, I, you know, it's fine. There are times when you have to be quiet and you have to be still and listen to the Lord. But right now is the time for the church to open up its mouth and be the church of strength and the church of courage. The, the church that says the Lord is with us. Who can be against us when God is on our side? the shout. It's the shabak we used to call it. Come on, it's the word of God. The shabak of the Lord. The sound of people who have experienced the glory or the manifest presence of Almighty God. How many have ever experienced the manifest presence of God? How many know that you are a child of God? Anybody know that you're a child of God? How many know that the Holy Spirit is with you? How many know that? Anybody know that? Come on, then shout. Strength and courage. Strength and courage. It's just, you know, when I tell you the Lord is with you, anybody ever felt the quickening of the Holy Spirit in your life? Some people say, well, no, I haven't. I, I just want you to know that you should anticipate the quickening of the Holy Spirit. 
just the quickening. That means the, 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 the breath of the Holy Spirit, the quickening. Quickening is uh, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken or resurrect our mortal bodies. We're not supposed to be living as if we are dead. Amen? Come alive. Come on, shout it. Come alive. This is Pentecost Sunday. We shouldn't be afraid of powerful moments in Scripture. We should embrace them. Sometimes we say, ah, that was a really good moment, but it's just not for me. But uh, if it wasn't for Pentecost, and Pentecost really means 50th. I mean, April 21st, we celebrated Resurrection Sunday, right? So 50 days later, it's, it's a harvest time. It really is. It's, it's a time where we come, and it's a giving time. You know, you just weigh before the Lord that which belongs to the Lord. It is, it is giving to the Lord with expectation of what God is going to do in return. You like that? It's a celebration of what's next. It's, I, I don't know what's going to rain. I don't know what my crops are going to look like. But look, here's look what the Lord's doing right now. Pentecost. Uh, so Pentecost, everybody comes. It is a massive festival uh, as people come back to Jerusalem. So there's uh, so many people there. And so when, when Jesus is ascending... Uh, in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, when Jesus is sending, Jesus had, all, had already commissioned them. Uh, he had told them, if you look back in Matthew, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Uh, he had told them they were going to go all over the world and preach the gospel. And people are going to believe and they're going to be baptized and they're going to be saved. Now, he's talking to 11 individuals because uh, uh, at this particular time, uh, Judas isn't there anymore. He's nowhere, okay? Uh, and, uh, but the, he's talking to these 11 guys. They don't have a great deal of experience. They don't have a, they don't have a load of cash. They don't have uh, tickets for Amtrak. Uh, they don't have planes. But these guys, out of them, he says, you're going to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And so he commanded them uh, in Acts chapter 1. They wanted a prophecy seminar. They said, uh, Lord, just tell us about the signs of your coming. And uh, what should, we should wait to watch for. And Jesus, I don't want you to sit around watching. You know, I mean, it's good to understand eschatology. It's good to know the signs of the time. That's important. But if all you do is study signs of the time, and you don't, come on, you don't do something about it. He says it's not for you to know the, the, the signs or the, the seasons. He says, uh, he, he commanded them, but he said, what I want you to do is I want you to stay in Jerusalem. And wait for the promise of the Father. Now notice the word P is capitalized there. The promise. Because God himself, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, is going to come and consume them. He is what we call uh, the comforter, the paraclete. Uh, one as myself is what he's saying. One as myself. So as Christ has been with them, now Holy Spirit is going to be with them. As Christ has walked with them and taught them, now Holy Spirit is going to walk with them and talk with them. He says, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit many days, not many days from now. So the baptisms are going to change, okay? That's why we don't just ask you if you've repented when you baptize. It's good to repent and be baptized, amen? But we need to be baptized in the name of Jesus because we're supposed to be baptized and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is what that's about because they stayed in Jerusalem. They didn't go back. They didn't go fishing. They stayed right there. And then we have several days later, uh, the, the, the disciples have remained there in Jerusalem. And in Acts chapter 1 or Acts chapter 2 verse 1, 
uh, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a, what's the next word? A sound from heaven, like a rushing mighty wind. That's weird, isn't it? Because the sound came from heaven, but the sound filled all of the house where they were, and then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So we have a sound that perpetuates a sound. Do you see that? So there is a sound that comes into the room, the sound of the power of God, the sound of the Holy Spirit breaking through all the powers of darkness fills this room and they hear a sound. It's like they're walking around, there's a sound in this place, but then that sound comes into them because they've been there, they've been seeking God, they're in one accord, they're waiting by faith on the promise. How many, how many believe it's a promise? Anybody believe the Holy Spirit is a promise? They're waiting by faith to receive the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit. And the sound that they hear disappears from the room and shows up on the inside of each of them. And then they begin to speak in other tongues, in other languages, as the Spirit gave them the ability, because the Spirit gave them the ability to speak in other tongues, in other languages. It's beautiful. Now, when, when I'm reading this, I want you to understand, again... The things that we read about Joshua, the things that we read, Zechariah, about Zerubbabel, these things, according to Romans chapter 15, whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So when we read these stories of Joshua, when we receive, read the stories of Moses, when we re read the stories of Abraham, even all the way back to creation, when we read these stories, they were a shadow of things that were to come. When we read about the strength and the courage and the power, when we read about the cloud and the tabernacle, when we read about the fire by night and the cloud by day, when we read about the part of the seas. When we read these things, they're a shadow of things that are come that we should be experiencing right now in our lives. Are you with me on this? Does anybody agree? So here's what I want to tell you, that all of that is supposed to give you hope for strength for our future. This is, this is promotion and Pentecost Sunday, and I'm telling you that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the same spirit that was given uh, on the day of Pentecost, the same spirit uh, that turned the world upside down, the same spirit that I've received as a child of God, I want the next generation to receive as well. Come on, I listen, I... I, I, listen, I've heard about everybody's revival. I remember hearing about it as a kid. I don't want to just hear about it. I want to experience it myself. Anybody with me on that? I, tell me about all the power and the glory of God. I want you to understand, and I want my next generation to understand that the power of God is real, and he wants to inhabit your life. He wants to fill you with himself. He wants to overflow you. He wants to do things in your life that you have never anticipated that you have put down as just folklore, fantasy, religious stuff, I tell you that he is still the same God who saves and delivers and heals and he dispossesses areas of our life. He defeats the devil on every front and he prophesies. He moves in our life. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. 
I want to show you in that Old Testament shadow some of this so you understand that it still happens. It's been happening for years. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all of Israel, be strong and courageous. Now, we've read this. I mean, you can just uh, go to your concordance and just write strong and courageous. Do it on, you know, you can Bible gateway or whatever. You see how many times strong and courageous, strong and courageous, strong and courageous. It just keeps showing up. I want you to be strong and courageous. Now, he summoned him in front of all of Israel, for you shall go out with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not be, do not fear or be dismayed. Fear, do not, do not fear, do not be discouraged. So, uh, so Moses is standing before all of the children of Israel, and he summons him, and he says, "You be strong and courageous." Now, I want you to give you some more context. Moses is 120 years old when he's standing here. Moses is 120 years old, all right? Uh, evidently, uh, God doesn't care how old you are. All right? God doesn't care how old you are, right? So we got Moses, you know, uh, uh, he, he lived like his life in 40-year segments, the opening 40 years till he walks Israel out of Egypt and 40 years in the wilderness, uh, or excuse me, 40 years in Israel, and then 40 years uh, as he's getting married, and then 40 years he walks them uh, in the wilderness, 120 years. And uh, Joshua, he's a young whippersnapper, because he's about 70. He's about 70. And uh, then there was another brother that hung out with him. His name was Caleb. He's about 82. Okay? Caleb actually said it this way. He said... He said, uh, uh, when, when they start possessing the land, he pointed out a particular mountain, particular mountain that had caused all the uproar because the people were really big there. They were as the children of Anak. They were, they were like Goliath kinds of people. They were like demonic, big, tall, giant kind of folk. And, uh, and here's what Caleb said. He said, I'm as... I'm as vigorous, I'm as strong, I, am, I, I, am, I might be 82, but give me that particular mountain. I want that mountain. I am not going to let those particular people, not for a day, cause us to have to run back into the wilderness. I want that mountain. That's the mountain that perpetuated fear. Some of you need to say that. Some of you need to say, give me this mountain, because some of us have been living in fear for a long, long, long time about things that we should not be living in fear. I'll never be able to accomplish it. I'll never be able to do this. I'll, I'll never be able to overcome this stronghold in my life. Come on, give me that mountain. I am tired of the enemy raising up mountains and putting his people on top of it and telling me that I can't go. Don't say anything about that mountain. Stay away from that mountain. Don't, don't bring that topic up, Pastor. You just get in trouble if you bring that up. No, I am young enough and strong enough to say, give me this mountain. So Joshua was next. He was next. Somebody say he's next. And, uh, so, who's next here? Who's next? Who's next? Anybody next? Who's next? Who's next? Really? Who's next? Who's next? I mean, are we just going to sit around and wait for everybody else to do the things in ministry that need to be done? See what I'm saying? Who's next? Anybody next? Next! Next! 
I mean, it's amazing. I mean, you go to the store, everybody's fighting for next. You get in that, you get in that line, you know. Anybody ever gotten the line before? And it's like, there's uh, one line, okay? We were over in Steinmark. They had like this 12-hour sale or something. I, want, I like getting stuff for like close to free. That's just my, you know, bottom, you know, I won't go into that. But anyway, then they have one line. They got everybody just kind of working in that line. But everybody's wanting to see, man, if I could just jump this line and get... I mean, when it comes to things of this world, we're next, right? But when it comes to things of the Spirit, are you next? Or or do you just not have a Moses? Can Can I say something? Our kids need to have some Moses in their life. And, and listen, some of you are filled with the Spirit. You need to get some kids. I don't have any kids. Go find some. They're all over this place. They need somebody that will be a Moses, somebody that will be a mentor, somebody that's full of the Spirit that is not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody that will teach them to pray. See, God has a plan for the future, and and Joshua's next. And I'm, I'm just saying... Are we all just going to sit around and play on social media for the rest of our lives? I mean, are we just all, you know, and and I'm not busting all that. I like my social media. It's fun. But if we were just a little bit committed to Jesus, you know, just somewhere to say a tenth of the time. Because your selfie is not going to get your children to heaven. And I I like selfies. I mean, I, I like them. But I think it would be more important for us to be a little selfless in order the power of the Holy Spirit kind of flow through us to others. God has a plan for the future, and you're a part of it. And when you say yes to God's plan, he will exalt you. That's what we see in in Joshua 3 and 7. The Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel that they might know that I was with Moses, so I will be with you. He didn't say, Joshua, I want you to go exalt yourself. I'm not talking about that. He didn't say go exalt yourself. He said, I will lift you up. I will raise you up. That's what he's saying. I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to elevate your life in front of others. That's what I'm going to do. And he says, this as I was with Moses so I will be with you so we have an inauguration time right here in Deuteronomy chapter 31 we get this real visual moment where the Lord said to Moses behold the days approach when you must die call Joshua and present yourselves in the tent hey Joshua could you meet me over at the temple meet me over at the tabernacle and uh, Joshua meets him over there because Joshua had been close to the cloud but never been in the cloud When Moses went up to the top of the mountain, the Bible says that Joshua just stayed outside of it, just below it. He was closer than anybody else, but he hadn't been invited in. And Moses told him, go get him. And Joshua, Moses took Joshua, and they went right on into the cloud. And the glory of the Lord rested upon uh, them. And so how many know something happens when you get in the presence of the Lord? Anybody know that? I remember as a boy, I can remember there'd be times when there would be a need of prayer. Mom and dad walk in the door and they say, boys, come on in. We're going to pray. And so we'd all just come into the lit. We had to find a place and get on our knees and begin to call out to God together. Now, you say, Pastor, why do you pray? Why do you do that? Because I've been in the cloud with other people before I got there by myself. You say, well, you know, why do we come to church? How many know that people need to experience the power and the presence of God? 
You know, we say, you know, I know they're praying right now, but you just sit right. I know they're worshiping right now, but it's really not that important. I, I know he's preaching right now, but here, you just play your little game right now, and, and afterwards we'll go home and have some dinner. No, folks, this matters. I found the presence of God in my home, found him in my room. I found him in the altar. I found him in worship. I found him with all the Moseses that were in my life. Hey, Moses, are you here? Come on, can I hear? I need, a, I need an amen from Moses. In the next verse, in verse 16, uh, the Lord said to Moses, Behold, you're about to die. You're about to lie down with your fathers. Uh, then this people will rise and whore after the foreign gods among them in the land that they are entering, and they will forsake me and break my covenant that I have made with them. Well, that's good. That's good. Wow. So you're going to die, and all these people that are going to, Joshua's going to lead, they're going to go in and they're going to have an adulterous relationship with other gods. Because that, that's, that's one of the problems that we have is we don't understand the, all right, we all grown ups in this room. No, we're not, but I, you know, I'm going to preach, okay? Here, listen, listen, listen. You don't understand that sexuality is a holy thing, it's a holy thing. Because you identify according to your attractions and your emotions. Sexuality is defined to be as a holy thing. And he, it's a shadow of another relationship. God wants us to be one with him. In the spirit. If you don't have spiritual intimacy, you're going to have a real struggle no matter where you go with physical intimacy. Am I preaching the truth? That's why we are a relationally broken culture is because we have, come on, sexuality was constantly connected with pagan religions, constantly. We are so caught up in our attraction that we can't hear heaven anymore. So caught up. All right? And he says the people, they're going to begin to worship other gods. So all, listen, all worship is holy, okay? Excuse me, it is our worship is supposed to be holy. So this is what he's saying. When they go in, they're, rather than getting rid of the foreign gods and the foreign temples, they're going to embrace them. And they are going to, because of what they can get out of it, embrace false religion. You see this? And so that's a good thing to lie down and die to. Okay, so, But this is what he said. He said, now this is what I want you to do in verse 19. He says, therefore, I want you to write a song. <laughs> he says, Moses, now you can read all the songs sometime in Deuteronomy 31, because verse 17 and on, he talks about this. Uh, but he says, I want you to write a song uh, and teach it to the people of Israel. Put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me against the people of Israel. In other words, what God's going to say is, I know what you're going to go through. I know what you're going to do. I've already seen your future. <laughs> For when I have brought them into the land flowing with milk and honey, which I swore to give to their fathers, and they have eaten and they are full and grown fat, they will turn to other gods and serve them and despise me and break my covenant. When I get plenty and I decide that I don't need God anymore, right? I don't need God anymore. I'm not going to live for him anymore if I don't need him. 
right? Because I think all I need is, you know, a buffet. That's all I need. As long as I got a buffet, the crop's good, I got a nice house, then it don't matter what else I do, and I'll, I'll, I will dump God because I like some of these other religions because they pacify my flesh. So if you read this, you know, even, even what I'm saying, you know, uh, you know, Moses is saying this, these statements that Moses are saying right now, he's going to pass this to Joshua. He's going to teach this to all the people, and they're going to sing these particular songs. Anybody ever heard an old hymn before? Anybody ever heard one? I surrender all, I surrender all. But now we sing, I surrender some, I surrender none. All to me, I am my Savior, I surrender none. You know, we just kind of shift because we worship self rather than worshiping God. Am I preaching the truth? How many have been there? I'm not just, I'm talking about us. I'm talking about me. Times when I, come on, times when I should have had my focus on God, but I have my focus on, well, as long as the mortgage is paid, everything is all right. But I'm telling you, I prefer to have God sleep under a tree. I get to me even there, but painful, painful stuff. All right, so uh, it's, it's what our nation is busy with right now. I mean, the statements that Moses are making, they're not going to get you elected, okay? Like, you, you don't say, I'm going to run for president and walk up to the microphone and say, I'd like to announce my candidacy for the presidency. And I'd like you to know that I am a child of the one true and living God. And I've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and I'm filled with his spirit. And I know that this nation has turned its back upon God. And I know that God in his love has been merciful to us. But God, God in his love also has wrath. And, and I want us to turn swiftly to God. So I'm calling on us all to pray and seek heaven. Uh, and everybody's going, okay, uh, all right, I need somebody. Uh, could somebody get a universalist in here quick? All right. Somebody that just believes in everything, that no matter what you do, you get to heaven. I, we need one of them folks. We'll elect him. We can't, we can't have somebody that actually believes in the one true and living God. We can't have that. You know, you're not going to win. You're not even going to. Don't even run for mayor that way, all right? I mean, it's just, it's, it's painful, especially after we've come to the promised land. We all got fat. Now, the Lord had already commissioned Joshua in verse 23. Remember that? He commissioned Joshua, told him, be strong and courageous, for you shall bring the people of Israel into the land I swore uh, to give them. I will be with you. But the commission is severe. The commission is heavy. It's not going to be easy. So the last thing that happens before Moses is led off to Mount Nebo to be buried in the land of Moab by the Lord is Deuteronomy 34 and 1. Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. Moses had what? Moses laid his hands on him? I tell you guys to hold hands, touch each other on the shoulders, that help anybody? I don't know, I think you ought to be careful about who's laying hands on you, because some of the stuff that we have in our life might have something to do with who's been laying their hands on us. I don't know, there's some people in my childhood came and laid their hands on me, assaulting me, messed my head up just a little bit. I had to get some deliverance. You got to be careful, okay, because the devil is manipulative, and he is deceptive, and you'll say, oh, baby, touch me, and you don't need them to be touching you right now. Wave at me if I'm telling the truth to anybody. Now, don't preach. Oh, come on, we're in adult church right now. You hear what I'm saying? 
I'm telling you that you don't need everybody touching you. You need somebody with the Spirit of God laying their hands on you. Come on, you need somebody with the spirit of heaven laying there, not the spirit of lust laying their hands on you. You know what I'm saying? You need somebody with the spirit of almighty God praying for you. You say, oh, that's great, Pastor. Pray for me. Yeah, I'll pray for you, but we need to be so filled with the Holy Spirit that our children will say, please, please pray. I mean, Dinah's daddy, God, man, we miss Dinah's daddy so much, but there wasn't a time that I ever went to his house that before I left, I said, Dad, pray for us. And he would come and lay his hands on us and impart blessing. I go see my daddy today. Daddy, no, I don't want to leave until you pray for me. I need that anointing. I need that reality in my life. Folks, we need people of God like Moses. Lay their hands on us. It's tough, though. It's tough. I say, you know, I get prayer workers, all the workers all prayed up, got oil in their hands. I say, come and get prayer. I say, I don't think I want to get prayer right now. I don't need any prayer. I don't need anybody to lay their hands on me because I'm all... Come on. Anybody need prayer more than they don't need prayer? Anybody need that? Anybody need impartation? Somebody shout impartation. I need an impartation from heaven in my own life. I need that. I, I get on to that in a moment. But, but God has a plan to anoint a righteous generation that will stand in strength and courage in the last days. Parents, be praying for your kids. You say, I don't have any kids. Find some kids and pray for them. After you get all that other junk out of your life. Don't pass your curses. Pass the blessings. All right? So, all right. Am I still preaching? Sure I am. Three minutes over. I want to tell you this too. Your strength is connected to your memorial. To your memorial. Anybody have a memory? Do you have a spiritual memory? Uh, Joshua said to them, pass on before the ark of the Lord. This is the story. Of them crossing the, not, not only was the Red Sea parted, but the Jordan River was also parted, right? So here in the Jordan River, they stretch Aaron's rod across. You know, Charlton Heston did and said, see the salvation, or Moses did. You guys don't even know who I'm talking about, okay? <laughs> said, now see the salvation of the Lord, and it parted, and they walked across on dry ground. And on the other side, they danced and celebrated as Pharaoh and his army were cast into the sea, and they were destroyed. Uh, Jordan, okay, this time, they're going to have to take a step of faith. The priests are going to take the Ark of the Covenant and its, and its contents, the, um, the, the tablets of stone written by God, the, the manna, an omer of manna, a bucket of manna, uh, Aaron's rod that budded, that proved that he was the priest. Still got flowers on it. What? You know, uh, the, the mercy seat sat on top of it where the glory of the Lord was. They picked it up and they carried it on their shoulders. And he said, you guys are going to walk into the Jordan River. What? You're going to walk in the Jordan River. So this is a statement of faith. They got to have so much faith because they had so much fear before. You need to have more faith than you had fear. Amen. These guys walk and when they step into the water, the water just dries up and spreads. And creates a path for them to walk. And then they get into the middle of the river the Jordan River, and they just stand there. And the Bible says that the river backed up all the way to a place called Adam. Do you think that's not prophetic? Do you hear what I'm saying? It backed up all the way because what they were doing 
reached all the way back to Adam. Do you see what I'm saying? The grounds are getting flooded that had not been flooded at this season before. The grounds are being flooded. They stand, not only are they standing there, but it's completely dry ground. The ground is hard where they're standing. So they're standing. Now the priests are standing. There's a massive wall of water. It's backing up. The river is backing up. And as they stand there, Joshua says, okay, I need one man from every tribe to climb down here. And I want you to dig out the biggest rock you possibly can. And I want you to carry it up on this other side side of the Jordan. I want to make a monument here so that when your children come down to see this place, they will see these rocks and they will know that it was the Lord their God that separated the water and brought them through the wilderness and gave them this land. He didn't say, I want just a crew. He said, I want somebody from every family line. I need, come on, Father's Day is next Sunday. I need some men of God who are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus to climb back into what God has done and carry out a rock and drop it on the seashore so you can bring your children back to it and say, Honey, let me tell you what God did in our family. Let me tell you how we got here. I want you to know that you are a part of God's plan because from here all the way back to Adam, God has had you on his mind and he's wanted to bless you and use you for his glory. I think we forget too much. I think we forget. We just forget. I mean, I, I think of this place where I am. I'm glad for this building. I love it. I love it for different reasons than some people. I love these chairs. Old, getting rickety, and we need new ones. But I remember Danielle sitting back there because she helped me when we did this. She was sitting right up here with a pencil and paper in her hand. That was a long time ago. We were all a lot younger. We had a little church, and we, we were decided we were going to knock this wall out, and we were going to put, uh, enlarge the building, and we did. I mean, the building was different then, but uh, we bought these chairs in one day. In one day, we had more than enough commitments to purchase every chair that is in this room and in that balcony. All right? Some of you say, what? That could be done. Is he going to ask us to give? I may. We need some new chairs, new carpet. You guys could probably give, you know. Amen? But no. But I remember that. That's the monument to me. All right? I got... I got this rock right here. This is in my office. I keep this rock in my office because this rock used to be a part of that wall over there. And uh, we, we were just too small. The building was too small. I mean, those big wood doors used to be the front doors of the whole building. And that area back there used to be the, the foyer of the church. And what is the foyer used to be the front porch. And you know what I'm saying? That's, that's the way it used to be. And, and God put in our heart, we're going to enlarge this thing. We're going to knock this wall down. So one Sunday, somebody gave me a hard hat and a sledgehammer. And I went to work right here on this building. All right? I knocked, that, I knocked something out. And God just provided. And here we are. Okay? Somebody praise God. Here we are. You know, some, I remember saying, you know, God... God wants to bless a lot of people. And we were doing one service. I said, well, let's do two. Said, well, you can't do two services. But we did two services. And now we're trying to do three. And people still like me. Really? You do three services? Look, you didn't think I could preach one. Now I'm preaching three every Sunday. I'm, I'm Caleb. Come on. I, I have decided. 
I got memories that go back further than that. I got old memories of when God healed me and when God set me free. And I tell you that because I want to give you my monument, all right? I, I tell you, I, one, one of my great days after assuming the pastorate, uh, about right there, man, right about where you're sitting, all right, used to be the finance office because there was a door right here to the sanctuary, and then there was a, a, a hallway here and a hallway uh, down around the corner, and, and uh, this was the bathrooms right over here, so you guys you know, light a candle or whatever you had to do over there, and, and uh, we had classrooms over here, and uh, we were, I was sitting in that finance office with with uh, Steve Oliva and, and uh, another brother, and we were sitting there, and we are praying, and, and we needed $6,000 in one Sunday because we did not have the money to pay the mortgage payment. And we hardly ever got more than 2000 on a Sunday. <laughs> and I felt the Holy Spirit say, don't even tell them. Really, God? It's <laughs> be a good day to tell people something. And so we prayed, and we asked God, and I walked in, and I didn't say much about it. I said, we got to receive the offering. And one lady in the church that had come in, the Holy Spirit spoke to her, and she wrote a check for $6,000 and dropped it in the offering. And we paid. You know, I, some of you guys don't believe in God and his provision, but I've been at this thing way too long. I've been at this. Come on, you forget what God has done. You forget. You forget. You know, we need to, come on, we need to build some memorials. You need to tell your stories. God did not, come on, God didn't just say, well, good luck. Do the best you can. I hope you have. No, God is a providing God. He is a faithful God. He, he doesn't give up. He doesn't quit. Too many stories. Huh. I got some other rocks in here too. I mean, I'm looking around. You guys are rocks. You're monuments in this house. You could tell stories. You're rocks about what God did, how you got here, what, how God changed your life. Some of you may have only been here for six, seven months, but you are rocks and you've got stories about God's faithfulness. If it had not been for God, where would you be? Okay. So your strength is connected to your memorial. Your strength is connected to your impartation. So, so the, Moses laid his hands on Joshua. All right? So I've already preached this. Who, who you are spiritually connected to? Who are you spiritually connected to that will pass spiritual blessings into your life? Who are your children connected to? Yeah, you connected to me. Who are your children connected to? Make sure that you've got that Moses kind of thing going on. All right? You know, we're, we're mostly busy trying to disconnect from our families now. I, my office is filled with, dear God, I don't want to be anything like my mom and dad. I get that story all the time. And I hear you. And, I, and that's precious that you would understand that the brokenness of your family is, is a curse that needs to be broken. All right? You can love them. Come on. You can love them. Without swallowing all the mess that their brokenness has been feeding you. Come on. Anybody agree with what I'm saying there? Acts chapter 1 and 7. Jesus is that Moses example. He says, guys, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons, but you will receive power and the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. So... Earlier, Jesus had met them and breathed on them and said, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And now he says, 
I want you to wait here because I'm going to send something. Not like Joshua had. I'm going to send something on everybody. So in Acts 2 and, and 1, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And, and the sound of the wind came into the room. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And the sound comes inside of them. And they begin to speak in other languages as the Spirit gives them the ability then they spill out in the streets and they're not, come on, they're not just churchy Christians. Amen. Right? Yeah. We are so good at being full of the Holy Ghost on Sunday. Amen. And I like that. Don't get me wrong. I wish some of you would dance and shout and clap your hands and praise the Lord. I wish we'd get a little bit more free. Anybody with me on this? I'm telling you, I, I wish you would know that this is the day the Lord has made and we ought to rejoice. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I, I believe that we should have a dance and we should clap our hands. All ye people would shout to God with triumphant voices. I believe that we ought to worship God the way he teaches us to worship rather than the way that other people teach us to worship. Read his word, but uh, we need, come on, we need the Holy Spirit that will take us outside. And the Bible says in Acts 2, 16, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, that in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and all my servants and all my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Prophesy, 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 proclaim the word of the Lord into this generation. You don't always have to say, thus saith the Lord when you prophesy. You just need to open your mouth. And you need to, come on, you need to have enough peace so you can rest at night and wake up with dreams from heaven. Come on, the Lord, give me so many dreams in my life. Just speaking to me, season after season. Anybody else like that? Visions of what God can do. So, you know, um, the world is a mess right now. And these scenes in Virginia Beach are not uncommon. I mean, they're all over. We have a broken culture. But uh, this nation, this city, this world needs more than a memorial. I was looking at that memorial of those 12 lives that were lost and, and uh, all those crosses that they've placed up. Somebody praise God for the cross, all right? And then Pharrell Williams showed up. And he's wearing a hoodie saying, ye must be born again. Now, now don't get, get me wrong. Pharrell is not your preacher or your prophet. Okay, Pharrell is a universalist. He believes that anything, anything and everything can get you to heaven. You just need some kind of spiritual rebirth. Okay, So I think he's a nice guy. I'm not mad at him. I just want him to read his shirt in the right context. Okay? All right? I think something in the water was just fine, okay? But I believe that some people need to go down to the water and be baptized and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on. You got the wrong preacher today, all right? But I, I saw that. Somebody shout, you need to be born again. Say, you need to be born again. We need the power of the Holy Spirit because right now the world needs a message of hope. And, we're, and, the, and the church needs to be loud. This is an opportunity for us to be strong, for us to be loud. We, we don't have to go and just slap people around. We just need to know, like in Acts 2, chapter 5, there are all kinds of people, Acts chapter 2, verse 5, all these people are coming into the city and they're all confused because they don't know what's going on. They've heard a sound and these men come speaking the wonderful works of God in all of their language. So we are the church of the Lord Jesus. Somebody shout amen. Amen. 
and we need to get loud. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. This is the work of the impartation. Ah. All right. I want to say one more thing. Everybody stand with me and we're going to pray. Because I went, I, I didn't go too long. What? All right. Come on, let's worship God. I got, I got one more thing. I got one more point. All right. Your, your future strength is also connected to your conviction. We believe that the Holy Spirit comes into us just so we'll jump up and down sometimes. In John 16, Jesus said this way, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, basically what he's saying here, if I don't go away, you're just going to be stuck. He said, but if I go away, the helper, capital H, the comforter in other versions, the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, one like myself will come. Why is he better? Because he's not going to be confined to a body. He's going to come into all of us like they did on the day of Pentecost. He's, now watch what he does. He says, the helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. I'll pray the Father who sent you another comforter. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Say, here's, a, here's, a, here's another word that you will understand better. Okay? Say, convince. Okay. He will convince the world of sin. There ain't no such thing as sin. That's why you don't listen to the Holy Spirit, or He will convince you of some things that you don't want to be convinced of. It is conviction. It's kind of like a prosecuting attorney, is what it does. If, if a good attorney comes in, he has the ability to let the, get the truth to come out. I mean, you know the Holy Spirit will tell you things whether you want to hear them or not. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness. So this is what is sin and this is what is righteousness. And also this is what is judgment. That's why. That's why. Hallelujah. It's good for you to go away because I'm talking to you. But the world needs the conviction. Now, going back to Joshua. In, in Joshua chapter 5, verse 2, after Joshua, they, they fight the battle of Jericho and all that, they go to um, a mountain. The Bible says, at that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel a second time. What? Hey, guys, we're having a man circumcision. <laughs> Going up on this mountain. If you don't know what that is, ask your mom or your dad. Okay. <laughs> some, of you, some of us don't understand this, but just for those of you who have a, a hard time just believing that it's true, circumcision took place for male child if you were Hebrew on the eighth day. Do you know why it took place on the eighth day? They did not know why. All they knew is God said do it on the eighth day. Now we know why. Then they did not know why. See, there's some things that God will tell you that you should do, that you should just do it because God said do it. Or don't do it because God said don't do it. So the reason they did it on the eighth day was because an infant is not does not have within its body the ability to clot effectively. But now, 
physician would say, after the eighth day, they heal so much faster. So it wasn't to hurt the child. It was also because what I told you earlier about sexuality that is so pure. That when a man would be with a woman, she would know who she's with. Nobody heard what I had to say. Remember this teaching in the Word of God that we should not be unequally yoked together. That's an Old Testament principle. Listen, if you got a boyfriend right now and they don't know Jesus, call him right now and break up. Just break up. Break up right now. Why are you breaking up with me? Because they don't know Jesus. They're not serving Jesus. And God's will is that you would never be unequally yoked together. Don't, don't date them. Don't go out with them. Don't hold hands. Don't pass out rings. Don't do it. Can I get an amen from somebody? So, but why circumcision? Okay, any men in the room? Amen. All right, if I say circumcision, do you go, Ooh. do you do that? I mean, it's like, <laughs> guys, it's like, oh, oh, I don't like that. You know why? Because the flesh hates it when you're obedient to God. Amen. The flesh flinches. And you say, no, even if it doesn't right, even if my flesh says it's not what I should do, I'm going to obey God because it's better for me to obey God rather than to obey man. I'm going to trust God. These people have been in the wilderness for 40 years and none of them had followed through with circumcision. So Joshua said, no, our God has been gracious to us to this point, but we got a whole land that needs to be possessed. So I want all the daddies, I want you to head up, I want all the boys to head up to this mountain. And really, what uh, Gibeon Haroth means is the Mount of Circumcision. That's what it means. That mountain up there, that's where that happened. If you think that dying to flesh is always a comfortable thing, I've got news for you. In order to follow the Lord, you're going to have to be convinced and there are going to be some things that will be cut away from your life. And it might cause some bleeding. And it might cause some hurting. But ultimately, God has this plan of you being pure and holy. And your children rising up and calling you blessed. So it doesn't matter. Everybody else says, oh, you're silly. Everybody else says, well, that's not what the Bible really says. The Bible's not true. It's all subject to interpretation. Just, just know right now that you're hearing the voice of the section. Now you say, well, what does that mean to me now? We have to get our kids circumcised. No, Romans explained this now. Circumcision is a matter of the heart. Now your hearts need to be circumcised. You need to cut away things that, that are giving you heart failure, right? Spirit failure. You know what I'm saying? Faith treats this. Can I read more verses to you? First Corinthians 6 and 9. It's in your notes. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor those who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. And some for some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Now be careful when I read that that you don't just make a list. Okay? I, I want you to understand what this is about. It's about identity. He says, you were this, but then you were, uh, uh, you became a child of God. Yeah. All right? So it's your identity that matters. And that's really, is that the discussion right now? What do you identify as right now? 
So, so people are saying, in fact, uh, it's actually, you know, work in Congress right now. Thomas sent me that the other day, that the Senate's already passed regarding our ability to actually even acknowledge that this is a problem. So I'm going to go ahead and say it now. While I can say it before it becomes a law, they're not going to let me say it anymore. I just want you to know that the issue really is what you identify as. If you identify as a child of God, then you will live like a child of God. Identifications now. Yeah. 60. Not one, not two, not, it's not LBTQ, it's LMLBQ, RSTU, VWXYZ now. It's all of them. And I, I, when I say that, I don't need to be mean to be facetious. I care for people, no matter what your brokenness is. Some of you identify as other things. Some of you self-identify. You know, you might have been an alcoholic, but can I tell you, uh, the blood of Jesus would like to set you free. So you are no longer what you used to identify as. I am not the devil Let all bitterness and wrath and anger. Say, I got into that other stuff. I got a whole lot of unforgiveness in my life. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave. He's talking to the church. He's talking to the church at Ephesus. Forgive. Hey, listen. If I've if I, if I hurt you, well, you know I love you. Please forgive me. Forgiveness is not always what you think it is. Alright? Listen. If I find out that an individual has sexually molested a child, I will forgive that individual and I will also call child protective services. Amen. 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 That's right. Forgiveness is not acceptance. Amen. See what I'm saying?
hardly with you anymore. They're kind of in and out. And he started coming and laughing. And he was looking like he's smoking a cigarette. And I'm like, wow, he hasn't done that for years. And, you know, he's, he's kind of flirting. And he's, he's uh, talking to someone at a store buying pinto beans. That's all these people had to eat, pinto beans. I remember pinto beans. Pinto beans. They had meat twice a month.
go, come on, I want people who need prayer. I want people that need to leave some things. I want, come on, let's just start moving forward. Squeeze out where they are. Come on, we're going to anoint people and pray for people. Uh, those of you that are away, it's a great day for repentance and freedom, for confession. Come on, come on down. We're going to pray. We're going to anoint people. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit. Come on, welcome Holy Spirit. Come on, say welcome Holy Spirit. We want God to confirm some things in your life. We want gifts to be operating in your life with the power of the Holy Spirit to work. And even as Sarah has just said, we want to pray for you in such a way that you would become those who would impart. You will be the ones going to people's homes, people going to hospitals, going to prisons, going to, to, to other situations and finding the broken. That we're going to we're going to accept in the name of Jesus. The call of God upon our lives. Come on, somebody shout yes. yes. We're going to accept the call of God upon our lives. Some of you need to know that God is calling you. So I want you to come. Come fill the altar. Come and fill. We're going to start anointing. I just want to add one thing. I don't know that authors can Yes. Thank you. 